Hi everybody, this is episode 34. I did my research and remembered which episodes we're up to now of the podcast. And I'm here with my good friend Phil Saunders. Hello. Um, me and Phil used to work together quite a lot in, uh, in Tefit Hall and for Sumo specifically. Um, he's got a really exciting project on the horizon. <laughs> so we've, um, so yeah, so this is Borough Book Club, I guess. Borough Book it. Club, issue one. <laughs> Thanks for coming on. Uh, thanks for having me. That's all right. It's nice to see you. Yes. Oh, there we are. I just, I just wanted that sound on, on microphone. I'm going to have to open mine now because you've opened yours. Yeah. So I, I told my kids I was doing a YouTube. She said, where are you going? Because <laughs> she loves, because she's seven. She watches YouTube. Sorry, everyone. And I said, oh, I'm going to record a YouTube with my friend who's a YouTuber. <laughs> she was like, she, ran, she sprinted upstairs. I said, where are you going? Claire was like, get your tea, get your tea. No. And she shouted, what's his YouTube channel called? <laughs> RBTV, spell it R B. So yeah, you have not suitable for children. <laughs> Don't I won't let her watch it. Yeah, no, it's all right. She'll be able, she might be able to watch this one. She we'll, was we'll watching me play Grand Theft Auto. Uh, <laughs> I hadn't, I'd never played Grand Theft Auto Five. I have an Xbox 360. I'm very behind the times. Yeah, I got it off eBay, and I was playing it the weekend. And she came in, she sat down, and I was like, "You can't be in the room." She's like, I know not to use these words, <laughs> but it's like, I. How old she now? She's seven. Right, okay. I didn't realise how crazy Grand Theft Auto is. Yeah. I sound very old and very <laughs> un-punk rock. It's very rude. Yeah, it's bananas. <laughs> I am, um, yeah, it's funny that YouTube thing. I, I was at the skate park, Spike Green 32, a couple of weeks ago. And it's a lot of, the, the, I was doing some filming stuff, just every, like a few of my friends were wearing ripped t-shirts. So I thought I'll get some cool footage and mm-hmm. kind of film them. And uh, I very vainly filmed myself as well. And these kids were like, "What? why are you doing that? And I was like, oh, just to like, just to like make a video. And they were like, for YouTube. And I was like, it'll probably end up on there. And they were like, are you a YouTuber? Amazing. Like, how many followers do you have? And I was like, not enough. And I was like, don't, <laughs> like, it's all right. And then I had another group of kids who I did some filming with um, through work who were lovely, absolutely amazing group who like I shot some stuff with. And, um, one of them was like, Mr. Cameraman. He was like, he, he was funny. Maybe again, like seven or eight. And he was like, tell me about other other videos you've done and blah, blah, blah. And he was like, what had the most views? And I said, um, I, said I did a video of a, Hale, a band called Hey Alaska. I said, that's got over, over 10,000 views. And he was like, he was like, so you're telling me I'm in the presence of a famous YouTuber? <laughs> and I was like, no. Kids are hilarious. And then, you know, when you pl- like, please don't go on YouTube and type my name in because... I might lose my job if you. Yeah. <laughs> I worked with this guy today who swears on his podcast all the time. Oh yeah. I don't know. <laughs> It'll be all right. But yeah, I am. Um, speaking of famous YouTubers, I am. Um, sorry, we're not, we haven't talked about books yet. But um, I had um, um, Charlotte came around for a cup of tea the other day. Char- okay. Charlotte Luke. Yeah. The A S M R Angel. Yeah. It's nice to she's see got her. Like five hundred thousand subscribers. Yeah, she's speaking got of YouTubers. Yeah. yeah. She's been playing Minecraft and. Stardew Valley. Okay. She yeah, plays games and whispers, does the ASMR thing. And yeah, I think she's like full time doing that now. Like, right, okay. That's her, that's her job. Wicked. It's good for her. Obviously, one of the reasons I started this is that I've always, I've been, I've always just been interested by it because there's like, in our lifetimes, a new way of making money has arisen and that's one of them. Yeah. Obviously, I have a job and it pays my bills. But I've always been kind of just had one eye on like other things and thinking like, oh, you could, you can actually, right now, if you're willing to kind of put a bit of graft in, you can lead a really interesting life and like not have a boss. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. just like play video games. And it's, it's bizarre. Yeah. It's really cool that it's possible. Don't tell my kids. No. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Apparently that's a, that's a real problem stay in school. school. Where they're like, oh, what do you want to be when I grow up? And they're all just like a YouTuber. Yeah. Just want to play Fortnite. Yeah. Yeah, I can fill a swimming pool with jelly yeah. and jump in it with my friends and a million people <laughs> will watch it. But what like, I'm seeing YouTubers and one of the things that they do a lot is they give away money. So I follow Davey504. All right. He's a bass player. He's like a... I think he might be Italian. I think he's Italian and he plays the bass and he started off because he's an insanely good bass player. Yeah. Um, but he's really funny as well. Mm-hmm. And... He does a lot of giveaways, so he'll just walk down the street. He'll be like, all right, today I'm going to give away a £10,000 bass guitar. Yeah. And he'll walk down the street saying, do you play bass? Do you play bass? And someone will be like, oh, yeah, I play bass. And he'll, I'll give you this. Or he'll like, he'll go on Fiverr and yeah. do like bass battles. 
and he'd be like, I'll give you $5,000 if you can play this bass line. Right, and some right, kid will right, do right, it right. and he'd be like, ping. Yeah. So there must be, I always think like he must be making, to, to be giving away five, 10 grand mm -hmm. on these episodes. Yeah, well, it's yeah. cumulative. If you have millions of followers, and then you on lots of different videos. So if like if you had one video with a million views on it, you might get a couple hundred quid. Mm. I think I, I I don't know I don't know the maths on it, but I think you'll do all right. But then if you put a video out every other day and the, you start getting three million views on every video, that's when it really starts to. Yeah. But what what I find interesting is most of the time. They've either got in like super early and and well done and like really grafted at it. There is an underlying skill that you have to kind of work hard at. Like that guy is already an amazing bassist, so he's got something. Yeah. You know what I mean? You can't. And I think that's where kids of the future might struggle. It's because we'll have to kind of turn around and be like, you can't just be good at YouTube. Like you have to do something. You gotta have a talent. Yeah. Yeah. Lottie watches this, <laughs> watches this makeup channel, right? And it's a girl who sits and does makeup really, really well while talking about like horrific true crime stories and it's the most <laughs> it's a niche yeah yeah but in, in i was kind of picking her brains about it and she said oh well she started off just doing like a makeup channel and then and that did really well but then when she found like this and she just on one of them she just started talking about this story that she'd read and it blew up so she yeah. like even more so so she then continuously did it but i was even though i was watching it and her makeup mm -hmm. is very good and, and she does it very well but i was like in your opinion yeah yeah <laughs> I was like, it's hard enough to sit in front of a camera and talk and present something, let alone do your makeup at the same time. So, like, yeah. you, you know what I mean? That I, I think, yeah, yeah, yeah. What, you've got to have a talent for that in itself as well, yeah, and like a knack for it, yeah. Not everyone could do that, no. Like, lots of Twitch streamers, I, I know loads of people that have tried to start Twitch channels, and they're just game, normal people that game. Mm. And I'm like, you need to be, especially now, but even when it first launched need to be a pretty good gamer to get people to view it. You know what I mean? Like, everyone plays Call of Duty. What's going to set you apart? Yeah. I don't know. I feel like I'm going down a, a really random We've got yeah this, yeah, this is Phil and Rick's YouTube, I think. <laughs> so, so you wrote a book. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So, speaking of things that take time. Yeah. And hard work. Well, I, I, <laughs> I wrote some questions. <laughs> yeah, that's good. I thought this would be a fantastic opportunity for you, young Rick, because the last thing you would want to do, because you're modest, like me, <laughs> you wouldn't want to plug your own book. Yeah. Whereas, because no. I'm writing a book. Yeah. It's really hard. <laughs> and you've wrote <laughs> a really book. <laughs> and actually seeing you saying, hey, everyone, I've written a book. And I was like, God, I've got to get on with mine. And then I bought yours, and then I read it, and I was like, and I think you, well, there's numerous things that have spurred me on and inspired me to do it. Mm hmm but I think definitely one of the reasons, without getting all emo on you, was I think you definitely inspired me. Like, okay. no, I need I need to finish this and do this. Yeah. Because you know, it's you probably know yourself. Like, how long did this take to write? Don't say like a month. Because <laughs> I hate you. First of all, thank you. It's very kind. Second of all, it's um, it's quite short. Yeah. Um, but it certainly took longer than a month. I think. If you rewind a couple of years, I mean, from the from the time you thought I'm going to write these stories down, this could make a book. I'm going to do it. A year ago, it was a blog, and right. I'd well, it didn't exist on the internet. That's what it was going to be, and I'd half written one story, and then that laid dormant in a word document on my laptop, and then lockdown. What happened was I. I end up in, like we were talking just before we hit record, I end up in spaces like I am right now where I've got so much going on that I'm my own worst enemy and I don't have time to work on projects like that. Yeah. So when we first, mid-March... It's, like it's on a list, it's in a queue, mm -hmm. and you never quite get to it because yeah. there's always something else. Yeah, I know that feeling. Mid-March, lockdown, boom, you can't leave your house. And I went, all of a sudden, I've got no excuses. I've got all the time in the world. Yes, I'm still at work but I'm just bouncing off the same four walls in my house after that mm -hmm. um, on an evening. Um, so I said, right, all right, what's on your list? Book. Right, I'll, I'll crack that. Start to finish with that probably about two and a half to three months. Um, and I, I dare say getting it written was probably five weeks of that. Yeah. What was painful was like if, if it's almost never finished, it's done and then you go right go back 
Yeah. I, right. I, uh, all right. Yeah. That, I, I mean, I had, I'm very fortunate in that I had um, quite a few friends read over it um, and correct me on a lot of, lot of errors and, and phrasings of things. Adam Long was an absolute superstar. I sent him it just as a bit of a, could you look over this? Johnny Grant as well was, was really helpful. But Johnny was like, oh, oh, I loved all the stories. It was great. And it was a yeah. really nice, positive thing. Yeah. Um, but despite him being a fantastic writer for a living, he didn't give me much like like typo feedback and stuff like that. Yeah. Which was is, he just like, yeah, it's great. Yeah, he yeah. was like, I love this. I love how you've done this. And it was really yeah. nice because that kind of spurred me on again to continue with it. Yeah. Because he was my first, like, if this is, like, I was like, tell me if this is trash because I'll just, I'll never put it out. You know what I mean? Yeah. I thought, I'm, I'm embarrassing yeah. myself. Johnny's probably the perfect person because he's had like, now he's had like commercial success. Mm-hmm. Like you say, he's doing it. He's like a professional. Yeah. But he's also been in vans and he's, he's sat in the van yeah. and he's yeah, done yeah. those things. Yeah. So, so he's probably like the ideal guy. Yeah. Johnny was my like, my water temperature, like, is it even worth doing? Am I going to, are all my friends going to laugh at me? You know what I mean? Because I was like, yeah. oh, fucking hell, I have no idea. I'm terrified. Yeah. Yeah. And then, <laughs> but Adam, bless him, sent me, I didn't, and I really didn't expect it. He sent me back like a marked manuscript of wow. like, I don't know if you should use this word here. And I was like, I emailed him back and I was like, I think you've got a future in proofreading. I was like, I know you've got a great job and you're really happy, but I was like, just in case yeah. you ever needed a side gig. Um, Class. But you end up, I must have done that myself three or four times before it. So I'd read that book. Obviously, I wrote it, but then reread each story and, and corrected things. And and then I checked with, I sent it to all the guys in the band saying like, are you okay with me doing this? Well, that was one of my questions. Mm-hmm. So when you're writing a book, like part of a, a good story is like good, is great characters. Mm-hmm. And I think part of this book, and I dare say part of, you know, the book that I'm trying to write, the, the people are like, they're some of the best bits. Yeah. But like, it, <laughs> you can do it without it. You can tell the story of like, we got in the van and the van was wrecked and like, were mm. we going to get to the gig? Or, you know, I had to hide in that bunk bed, in the bunk bed, when you had to hide coming yeah, yeah. back from the festival. Um, you could still have all those things in. Yeah. But like, it gives it so much more context and makes it more real when you talk about, you know, whether it's Charlton or Gary or yeah. whatever. So did you do you ha- do you get those people's permission? Do you just do it or I I did. There was some stuff. There was some stories that I left out because I was like, either there was no way that I could have put them in without just like exposing people and maybe being quite nasty about them. And there was a couple of things that are in there that I had to tread quite clear, carefully on. Um, but and one of them was that, and it's one of the stories that people keep going back to me about is is about Charlton and him breaking himself out of hospital. Yeah, yeah. And um, that's one. Yeah, that's one of the best bits. Yeah, it's. I mean. It's, it's just Charlton, especially if you already know him, because you can mm. picture it a bit more, but um, which a lot of people who bought the book probably have met Charlton <laughs> in some way, shape or form. <laughs> so, I, you know, I, I sent it to him and I said, look, I, I've got this book and I, and I want to put it out, but I said, just tell me. I said, like, if you don't want it in there, yeah. just like say it. And he messaged me back and he was like, nah, I think it's great. Crack on. Yeah. Which was really nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It could have just been like, no, it's ruined my reputation. Same with Ray, same with Dale. No, Dale thrown up in the van when he was 17. Was yeah. Like, um, so, yeah, I'd... Yeah, but there's... Uh, having said that, that was kind of in the core group and without their permission, I don't know if I'd have bothered because they're... Like, they're, they're the, like the four members of the band, including me, obviously, and that's where it's the, the arc of the story is kind of centred. Where I didn't ask permission, and I, th- I think it turned out all right, was uh, there's a couple of stories in there where I hope I've kept... The people fairly anonymous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the story's still enjoyable. The lads whose house we went to, and his dad made us, his dad was like a Michelin star chef and made us like yeah. eggs and stuff. <laughs> yeah, he's yeah. like, I mean, I'm gonna try not to give it away, but he was, or maybe still, I don't know if they're still going as a band, but like a massive front band for a metal band. Oh right, okay. I'll tell you who he is afterwards. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, Amazing. Yeah. So I was like, and and since that, he's sobered up. And he's a, he's one of the nicest guys ever. He's, he really is a good person. So I thought I don't. Oh, want right, to... I know the guy you're talking about now. Not, I, I was thought it was about the yeah where the dad made the food. Yeah, but sorry. The, the yeah, guy yeah. that kind of like freaked out a bit. Yeah, and they told everyone to yeah, get yeah. out. Yeah. Um, he's he's like, I mean, I haven't spoken to him for for a lot of years, but I feel like I could message him tomorrow and he'd be like, hi, yeah. like you know, is everything all right? He he is a really nice guy. So I, I was kind of like walking a tightrope with, not throwing him under the bus. I didn't want to upset him. Um, yeah. but also kind of wanted to get this story out it's it's finding a balance isn't it there's there's an amazing book that um 
my friend Genty, you know Genty? Yeah. He lent me a book and um, it's called Kanye West Owes Me $500. I right. think that's what it's called. Have you read, you've read it? No, no. I've, I think, I, I don't know if you sent me it or someone, like I've, I've seen it somewhere, yeah. It's amazing. And it's about a guy who his rap name was Hot Carl and he kind of came around in like, I guess it was like the 2000s and he was a white rapper mm-hmm. and he sounds a lot like Eminem. All right. But he was just before Eminem. So he was getting, he got snapped up by a label um, and he was making demos with like Kanye West, um, huge, huge rap people. And obviously he name drops loads of people in the book. And that's kind of, I guess, how we sold the book, I suppose. Yeah, it's yeah. called Jensen Carp. All right. Um, I think he like, he runs an art gallery now and he does a blog and he's like, has a radio show and he's, he's, he's doing good. Yeah. Um, he's really funny. Uh, and his, his life story in kind of becoming like a rap megastar nearly i think he gets like a million dollars like record company advance yeah and and lives off that and i won't tell you the end yeah, yeah. i don't want to spoil the book but um there's a story in there where he says basically he's he's in la he's in the hollywood hills and a very very famous american actress basically comes on to him and um they nearly sleep together um but she stank or something like that it was in the book it said like this this woman's not brushed her teeth in like 20 weeks. Okay. <laughs> um, and he doesn't name her and it's still a great story. Yeah, um, yeah. But he probably wanted to. But it's interesting that he's named yeah. Kanye West. I think I, I think yeah, as yeah. long as it's not slanderous. Yeah. There's, there's a bit in the book where he, he, he takes the book to Kanye West. Right. Well, um, yeah, that, but yeah. Yeah. I didn't get a chance to take that to Frank Turner, which is my only concern, <laughs> which is why I worded that. Oh, yeah, yeah. That paragraph To Frank quite, Turner bit. Yeah. But that's fine. I think he'd laugh. Yeah, I think he would as well. But to avoid it, any kind of litigation, I just settled the circumstances. Circumstances that yeah. I didn't directly yeah. blame him. Were you with a group of people? In his, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was just timed right. It he's, happened to be the time that he left and his, his tour manager came back. And he's funny, Frank. Like I was laughing literally today at Facebook because he's put a post on Facebook because there's a guy who lives in basically like a guy who'd been homeless. I think in Africa, I might have that wrong, but lived on the streets for 12 years, okay. but an amazing musician. And this guy's got into like a university in Brighton, but basically the details are he's got to have 14 grand in his bank account to be able to move here and yeah, claim yeah. the scholarship. So Frank's put like a Kickstarter crowdfunder thing up. So some guy in the comments, because there's always a guy in the comments on Facebook has went, <laughs> well, hope you're putting your hand in your pocket then, Frank. You know, basically saying like, oh, if Frank, Frank Turner's asking us for money for his mate. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Come on, Frank. So Frank Turner's just commented back saying, yeah, well, I lost my job in March, mate. Um, but I'm going to sell some, I'm gonna, I'm gonna sell some stuff and um, I'm going to get some money together that way. Like, thank, thanks for asking. Like, you know, and uh, I think there's been a few stories over the years. I don't know, like about Frank Turner. Like he... he he got hammered for that. The, the album's really good, I think. But right. he, he brought out an album of songs that empowered women. Okay. And, and the, 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 the music press had just like free field day. They were like, okay. why are, the, here is this um, privileged, posh white man okay. singing yeah, yeah. about all these stories of these amazing women. Like, what, they, why, why uh, but like, we're just listening to Frank Turner sing them and he should have let the other, I don't know. Yeah. And he could have, it would have been an amazing opportunity to bring loads of female artists in and curate the project. But I'm like, well, the guy had the best intentions. Yeah, 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 exactly. Just journalists, just um, trashing him for no good reason. Speaking. But anyway, (laughs) tangents. Yeah, it's all right. I'm going to go on another tangent. Do you see, do you like Dave Chappelle, comedian? Yes. So he won an Emmy last night. Oh, okay, good. um, For his a special that he released on Netflix that got trashed by critics and journalists oh. and his, in his speech he was like this is my absolute fuck you to the lot of years. <laughs> yeah. he was like we don't need critics you can all get fucked basically was like yeah, his Emmy yeah. speech and he was like thank you very much I read an interesting it was one of those tweets that blow up you know it's like there's those people on Twitter and they have like 50 followers and they'll just write a tweet that just absolutely nails something yeah. and it blows up I try every day to write a tweet like that <laughs> and I never, it never blows up. I'm like, I didn't win Twitter today, but one, I saw this amazing tweet and it was from a girl who'd said, when are we going to get rid of five out of five reviews of, of music and art and literature? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like why is something one out of five, two out of five? How can someone sit and go, I oh, listen to that album and it's two out of five. Yeah. And they, like you can offer cause, and I've said this for years, like art, as a form is so subjective and you know, I can listen to 
death metal yeah, yeah, yeah. and hate classical music as an example yeah. and my neighbour could love classical music and hate death metal and who's to say no one's right no one's wrong it's just people yeah. like different stuff and that both a four out of five yeah yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so I thought it was a really interesting concept that maybe in the, in the future once cancel culture and, and Twitter rage dominates us as a species <laughs> and everything everyone is offended by everything maybe one of the good things that will come out of that is that you can't really judge anything like that anymore. Yeah. So you can say, right, I, I listened to the new Kanye West album and it had some gospel parts, it had some interesting parts and the lyrics are pretty off the wall and you yeah, use yeah. some really unique beats, but you're not allowed to say, and it's rubbish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. well, yeah, no one can you're say You're just about that. allowed to talk about it <laughs> yeah, instead. Maybe. I'd never, I'd always, always, I'd never even considered that cancel culture would like completely take over. I always thought we'll bounce back. <laughs> no, like imagine a world where you can't tweet anything. Maybe, yeah. maybe it's the cure. Maybe it'll just silence Twitter. And it'll just implode. Yeah. Yeah. A colleague once told me 10 years ago that Twitter would be gone in two years. And then, it's and it's taken it on a different form. Definitely. Yeah. Um, it's not what it used to be. And that's like things change and evolve and that's okay. But they, they what's interesting is, Facebook, Instagram, like if you look at how they were years and years ago, they are completely different now. They've had to, they're constantly kind of like reshifted, I think, um, and added new things. Twitter, not so much. Yes, you can have threads and you can have slightly longer tweets, but yeah. as a platform, I think like if you look at it and go, well, yeah, when like 10 years ago, yeah. I, c I could tweet something today. I still tweet something. It's still like the essence is still the same. There's just a lot more people in it. Yeah. It, it's, it's mad. And like, I, I always thought that the, the way that it might kind of eat itself is that the, the, I think people really like organizations struggle to monetize Twitter. Mm -hmm. How can we use Twitter to make money? Uh, I mean, there's Twitter ads, obviously. And I guess that's how they do it. But yeah. without wanting to be a total digital market bore for five seconds, the, the paid ads interface of Twitter ads is the most un-user friendly thing on the planet and if you go right oh, you know what I want to spend 100 quid on Twitter ads yeah. and you can sit there for days and go I, 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 what, what am I doing wrong yeah maybe that's just me no I, 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 don't I think you're right and I, th I think it yeah like I, it's always been like a really hard thing to crack I think Twitter and social media like just like Facebook and Instagram that you can understand how to make money from it as a business and when I've worked with past companies and marketing Twitter's always been the hardest one to crack because it feels like unless you spend like it, it, it's all about the personality for me on Twitter so you can spend hundreds of pounds on ads but what will actually do better my favourite Twitter account is Waterstones in London has like an amazing Twitter and it's just it's social commentary effectively but the person who does it is amazing and I'm sure they're on a decent pay packet because <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean they, they just they just got it nailed they give them a follow I do love Twitter it's like my favourite of them all and I, I don't know whether like I, I always felt like I was championing the underdog yeah like, yeah, yeah maybe it's just the the old punk inside me like what's what's the what's the most rubbish social media that's what I want to use <laughs> that's what I want to check every day um, yeah yeah I had another question on my list of questions All right, yeah, for Rick ahead. about his book. So, a couple actually, if that's okay. It's fine. Um, so, in Wraiths, you found yourself as the man that like, did everything a little bit. So, you were the yeah. drummer, uh, stage manager, yeah. um, band leader, the, the guy that goes to get the money or yeah. not get the money. Um, when you were doing Wraiths, were you like, because I've been in bands and some of the bands I was in, in a lot of bands yeah i remember being in bands that were very very serious and we wanted to get a record deal and be you know like we never wrote them down but we probably definitely had like a a, a list of like we will feel that we have made it when we i don't go, go, yeah maybe yeah go on to go on a tour outside the country or yeah. we get a record deal or we get a publishing deal was, was Wraith one of those bands or was it like i've been in bands where it's like we're just for fun we didn't even think about what, why, why, why was Wraiths Wraiths? Was it yeah. did it come about for a laugh? Was it just friends partying, or was it like we can, we can, we can make it? 
we knew we we knew we had the like the acumen to do fairly well, and and the attitude, which was a bit of a fuck you attitude, obviously to 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 sell really, and it was. We never. I don't think we ever had the discussion around it or like aim to do it. We just knew that we were onto something, and I, by that time, as as lots of people have, I'd been around the block a bit and understood the difference between a band that are basically playing at liberties and kind of also rehearsing at the same time. You know what I mean? Like your very very first band gig. Yeah. You know, opening for. Nah, that's just guidelines at liberties either. I understood <laughs> yeah. that there was a difference between how you could, and we all did, kind of almost like I said, like it was almost an unspoken thing that there was a difference between that and how, because of the experience that we'd had in previous bands, we could present ourselves in a more professional way. So we armed with that. It was a bit of a like, let's see what we can do. And it just ha- already had all of this, partly because of Curtis's personality. Um, and kind of natural like affinity to like just do well on the internet it just it was all there for the taking so we never kind of said like let's do this but it was just like we just knew that we could have a really good crack at it and we were all on that page so we had a really good crack at it without kind of outlining goals and stuff and then when stuff happened we were like how fucking mad is this like <laughs> we were literally like we were like i can't believe that we just designed like just based on like a pentagram that we've put flashing on the internet we've now been offered a gig like our first ever gig and it was a really good gig yeah yeah and we just put like teasers out and people just laughed it up yeah and you've all been in bands before i suppose so like it was like everybody's that was no no one had not been in a band before everyone had kind of done it a few times with dale 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 was like a bit of a thrown in the deep end wouldn't he yeah 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 (laughs) but Dale. Look at him now. He's like he's like the walking embodiment of like pure rock and roll. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. I think did Wraiths do that to him? Was he like an innocent young thing? I think something was in there already, <laughs> and we just brought it out. But um, yeah, class. Having said, he'd already played, and I think he knew. And to give him his due, he was like nothing phased him, and he was just like, yeah, I'll, I'll just do it. And he was really quiet and really kind of kept himself to himself for a couple of months. And um, you know, he was quite young, but yeah, but I mean. Me and Charlton by that by the time we started Wraiths had toured quite a lot with other bands. Mm-hmm. Not I I not me necessarily playing, but videoing bands like Hey Alaska. I'd been on tour with Charlton. Charlton had obviously done well with Beyond the Source and the Sky Fighting a few others and obviously Curtis had done a fair bit with um Climate of Fear. So that was probably the biggest thing I I think our our experience already. So yeah. we just kinda went I remember I think I might have been, you know, maybe twenty six at the time. And knowing that the clock's kind of ticking and like you know i don't even know if i said it out loud but going like i never want to play liberties again like let's yeah, yeah, aim yeah. higher you know what yeah. I because mean? yeah, it wasn't like everyone's first band and like playing liberties was a buzz not that there's anything wrong with playing liberties we've all played liberties yeah but, but um, it was but almost yeah. like if i can just cut out two years of this yeah 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 because you'd already kind of done it in the bands before i suppose yeah it was like even though it was a brand new band that hadn't done a gig yeah you were ready for well we're gonna go and play leeds manchester yeah. sheffield yeah it was like when someone really famous starts a side project and they automatically get a really good gig, but yeah, we yeah. weren't famous at all. So. <laughs> yeah. It's funny because I'd been in band, say, like with Exit By Name. We sort of stopped and split up and then kind of got back together mm-hmm. like a good few years later. And the, the guys in the band were like, well, can we go and play? Like, not that we were playing like really big shows, but we would play to say 50 people in Leeds, yeah, yeah. which was like, you know, the peak <laughs> or like, you know, that, that in London or whatever. And I think that we came back a few years later and like MySpace had gone and we just didn't have a, a, a presence or a, like no, no one gave a shit really. Mm. And they were like, well, can we go, can we go and pick up all those gigs? And I was like, well, those venues are shut. Those yeah, promoters yeah. don't probably don't, don't put gigs on, don't anymore. Put gigs on anymore. Like we're literally yeah. like, do, you know, we're going to go and play the Georgian. Mm. And we did that and it was fun and it was class, but it was like, yeah, we should probably just wrap this because there was nowhere else to go. Really. Yeah. I think race, if like the equivalent was maybe, like if Exit by Name broke up and six months to a year later you or, or someone else then plucked somebody out of God forbid I can I can't think of any bands. You know I'm what dying, I mean? I'm to know where you're going with this. But somebody Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like the best player from I don't know. I don't no, know. I, name a band that was a that you yeah, used to get quite know. a lot. 
Um, yeah. Because we were in slightly different scenes. So, yeah. um, I don't know, <laughs> jetpacks for hire or Nightlife for Sky. Yeah, yeah. no, no, I know, and I know what kind you mean. Of then, they, that's, that's basically kind of what, what race were. Yeah. Um, like a super group. But I think, it, again, on reflection and my kind of naivety of like other bands and when you're a, a teenager or in your 20s and you think think about like how other bands did it, that's all, how other bands did it. You know, if you look at Alexis on Fire, they all probably started in different bands at some point and then it somehow, you know, they all click and go, right, this is what we're all kind of aiming to do. And yeah, so we were, we were kind of on that path and uh, and then we weren't. Yeah. And my last question. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I wrote down questions. No, it's all right. It's so it's structured. It's, it's not very rock and roll, is it? Um, like, how did you stop the book being... Because the thing I'm struggling with is... I don't want to write a book about me because right. that feels like I don't know the wrong thing to do. And I, I, whereas this is very much feels like a book about being in a band or right. going on tour in like battered white vans. Yeah. And like, how how did you kind of depersonal? How do you how do you how did you find like depersonalizing it somehow? That's quite like, interesting. Yeah. Um, was it intentional or or did it is it does it just kind of come out that way? Because it's very relatable. All right. And I dare say that if you give this to somebody on the Isle of Wight who doesn't know Rick or Teesside or whatever, right. they could still read it and be like, yeah. All right, okay. You know, that kind of... That's good to know. Because it's, uh, it's a story about, you know, be, being in a band that nearly made it. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah that's, like yeah. Mark Radcliffe has a book. Yeah. That, God, it probably came out 20 years ago now. But um, I picked it up because I loved Mark Radcliffe and like the Mark and Large show before your time, right? I know, so, I know the name, yeah. So... But it was specifically a book about like when he was young and he was in like a punk rock band and they didn't right. quite make it and it's yeah. an amazing book to read. Yeah, um, I'll check that out. Um, uh, I don't know. It's quite nice that you've said that because putting it out felt like unbelievably egotistical. Like yeah. here I am, read my amazing book <laughs> about yeah. my life. Who the fuck is Rick Baker? Yeah, like yeah. <laughs> some lad that works at Teesside Uni. Like why? You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it's but yeah I, th- I think you've already an- answered the question in that it's about a band that almost made it and made it and realistically that's probably whether you've ever picked it up an instrument or not if you're into music it's probably crossed your mind it's, yeah, you know, yeah, like yeah. we've all who doesn't want to be a rock star yeah or like who, who hasn't yeah, yeah. watched an amazing performance by any musician and thought like what would it be wouldn't it be amazing to, to be them in, in that moment I guess so that's probably how and how it taps into it. And I guess because the story, although there's a couple of funny excerpts at the end, the story is about the the lifetime of the band. Yeah. Um, kind of from and I, I, like we played a couple of shows after that last gig that I mentioned, but that was our last tour, and that was it was it wasn't the nail in the coffin, but it was one of them. Um, and it, it was my last time on tour, so it, it made a nice kind of arc for the for the story of the band going from start to finish, really. Um, so I guess for for you and and your book, which we'll we'll we'll, we'll talk about, I think is um, although you're obviously unbelievably heavily involved in the life of Sumo. I think telling the story of Sumo that automatically makes it not. The Phil Saunders show, if that makes sense. Yeah, that's what I'm. That's what I'm trying to do. Yeah, and that's I, what I, that's I, what I'm dreading. So about it. Yeah. Um, yeah, because it's it's obviously going to be from your perspective, and your, um, because you're telling the story. But it's the story of. I mean, effectively, if you think about how many people went to Sumo over the years, like it's the story of all of those people. You're yeah, just telling yeah, yeah, it. Yeah. If that yeah. makes sense. Uh, and that's what I'd like struggled with initially and I think I've kind of got past it because it was funny because on Twitter the other day um, Martin Hunter yeah who um, w- worked on the early days was, was there running sumo yeah yeah, yeah. Um, f- for a good probably might have been years yeah because um, I think back to these things and I think it was probably you know maybe six months and then when you actually look at it and the timeline on paper which is a spreadsheet that is spiraling out of control yeah. which you need by the way I struggled with that so like you, you've yeah. got a much bigger that's like a two-year snapshot. Yeah. This is 15, 14 years. Yeah. And there was a sumo every Friday. Yeah. So that's 52 a year. So 52 times 14 years. 
that's a lot. Yeah. And then you kind of go off on tangents where there was Sunderland and there was Durham. Yeah. And then we went to Darlow. And then there's AVM. And then you can't leave out bad medicine. Yeah, yeah, Because that yeah. was like, there's some insane stories in there. And all of a sudden you're like, well, anyway. So Martin's tweeted about the Sheilas. So I don't know if it's before your time. Sheilas Wheels, just, yeah. So Sheilas Wheels. I was going to Zumo, but I wasn't working there. Yeah, so three Australian women who sang for Bonds, a car insurance deals. Yeah. Get along to Sheila's wheels. And the song charted. Um, so some agency picked them up. So for like a grand, you could book the Sheila's to play your student union club night, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so we booked them and they came along. They're basically a CD and they sang the theme from Sheila's wheels. They did like two more town songs and then they ended with the theme from Sheila's wheels. Right. And so mine was saying like, oh my God, can you remember the Sheila's at Sumo? And I, I completely forgot. Yeah, and yeah. I would have sat and written a book. Hey, here's 14 years of Sumo and everything that was really amazing and silly and unique and daft about it. Yeah. And I'd have missed the fucking Sheila's. Yeah. So I'm like, okay. And then Jamie Wilco, Jimmy Wilkinson, who was also a massive part of Sumo in the early days. Yeah, yeah. And he ch- chipped in. Just, he, was, he was running backstage. I, I didn't remember this. Yeah. And one of the Sheila's got a text from... Um, Pete Waterman to say basically offering them a record deal right. and they'd opened this text or this email after playing and they were like get a champagne and they'd cover Jamie in kisses and he was covered in red lipstick <laughs> I was like I didn't even know this I was probably like yeah. filling up an ice machine or something yeah. stupid and I was like so here's my point I was so I sort of like right I need a message like Gary Bell Rick yeah. Yeah. Um, Danny Velterell I need everybody who was part of this thing this and worked on it for years and years because do I need, I was like, do I need to form some kind of like consortium or like a team of consultants? And then I thought, well, and you know, I was like, I said, you know, I, I still, I still will meet up with them and we need, <laughs> it was trying to get diaries to align, mm. yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, cause everyone's busy now. I think, um, I, I think I'm over it. I'm like, no, like you said, it's like, well, I'll just tell it and I'll probably miss bits and forget yeah, bits. Yeah, yeah. And I'll probably tell a story and say, oh, in November 2017, this happened. And then Kev will be like, oh, Phil, that was 2019. Well, that's, well, that's where you get him to proofread it. Yeah. So get Kev to proofread it. I'll proofread it. Because that, that happened with Charlton as well, actually. Yeah. Cause he, it feels like I should send it to about 15 different people. That's okay. Yeah. Yeah. I said, it's a, a, you know, Charlton, bless him, gave me his blessing. And then he went, actually, he went, you've got this date completely the wrong way around. And that yeah. flows from that. And I was like, oh, thank you. Um so yeah, get people to proofread it. You know, Danny Jones is gonna have yeah, yeah, a yeah. fair bit to say. Can I can I do a guest story? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I was talking to Johnny Grant, but I, I, <laughs> I didn't want to spoil your project. It was after no, no. You'd, you'd please it. jump in. Um, and I mentioned it to Johnny, and he was like, he was like, why don't you do a guest chapter? He was like, you're a huge part of someone. I was like, I know. But yeah, yeah, like, yeah. It's like six years, seven years, something like that. Yeah, I think overall, yeah. if you think <laughs> this, this is like a really awful way of like the way I. I like remember the timeline it was to do with like girls that I was with at university and we'll just leave it with. at that because I'm like oh yeah <laughs> I was going out with her when I was in my first year at university and yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, uh, <laughs> so yeah it was quite a while let's just leave it at that um, yeah yeah it might have been if you think about kind of part time even just stepping through the door and flying yeah initially here's how long ago it was for some reason I don't for whatever reason my mobile phone wasn't working but um, you rang my landline in my yeah. house in Billingham to uh, chat through like me doing some flyer in there that's crazy that you is know what I mean? cool. a long time ago yeah on your first ever shift at Sumo in Corner House did you get mugged on the way to work was that your first shift it wasn't my first shift no, no. it was about six months in yeah yeah um, yeah Yeah. he went in prison for that did he yeah good yeah 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 I had to like pick him up with police lineup and everything it was mad that I was so, kind of, yeah. So, so for the listeners, <laughs> so Rick turns up for work, and I was, for whatever reason and whatever event was on, I was like, I can't wait for Rick to get here because I was He's probably loose bands on. Yeah, which was always like a, a, a two man at least. Or I think even I had to go somewhere else because we used to famously like have you'd always have something else on the same night. Yeah, Frankie yeah, Boyle yeah. would be at the town hall on the same night. Yeah. So you'd have to like, we'd double up, wouldn't we? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Oh, I'll be like, yeah, I'll get the dressing rooms ready, set up, get the band in, and then at 10 o'clock, an hour before doors, Rick will turn up, I'll, I'll do bomb the over the you town hall, over there. Yeah, or yeah, whatever, yeah. finish off that. And get the money from, y- yeah, 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 yeah. Who knows what, running up and down Albert Road, yeah. trying to run an events company. And you turned up, and I was like, 
hey, so, so-and-so's in the dressing room, and here's the stage times, and here's some blue tack and cable ties, as we did. And you just looked a bit dazed, and I was like, yeah. are you okay? Like, Can <laughs> I just get a glass of water? I just guy just like... Yeah, beat, beat me up in the bus station toilet. Yeah, but like, attacked took you from behind. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And I was young. like, obviously the, the kind, caring co-worker was like, okay, do you need to go home? Yeah, and no, in my you, head I was thinking, you were, you were very good, yeah. please be okay. And in, in my head I was just like, I was like, I've, I was like, I've got this far, I just want to kind of get pissed yeah. and like, and, and just piled into yeah. a six hour shift. Yeah. Six, seven hour shift probably. Yeah, but I could drink and all my friends were there. So it's <laughs> okay. All right. I think I still um, feel that was about me still feeling guilty. Uh, no, I don't. It's all right. Yeah. If I, yeah, I wouldn't. I, I would have just just left. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. What's really funny about that is I um because when you're like eighteen or nineteen or however old I was, like when something like that happens, I just like you post a massive rant about it on Facebook, don't you? Yeah. So I did that. I didn't tell anybody, like any of my family, and someone like screenshotted it, like one of my cousins sent it to my mum, and she. The next day I was like, oh my God. And I was like, oh my God, I'm so embarrassed. I was like, I don't want to go through all this. I was like, it happened. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? And um, But then she was like, no, like, I think we need to tell the police. And I was like, oh, for God's sake. So I was hung over as well. And then the police came out. And it, like I say, eventually it led to the guy getting, getting arrested. He went to jail for a couple of years. Because um, it was like the last of, he'd, he'd been arrested before, shall we say. Right. Um, so yeah, but like, it, it just, you know, looking back at it, I was just like struck a teenager, like, fuck's sake, I can't believe this fucking happened. Yeah. Blah, blah, what, what a dickhead. And then I was just like, but I'm not going to the police because I was hungover. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, <laughs> so um, too much to do. But I should have. So if, so, yeah, so if something bad happens to you, go to the police because. Yeah. Tell a grown up. Yeah. Yeah. Tell a, um, after I got mugged, um, I won't go into details. I'll tell you something about that afterwards, which is quite <laughs> yeah. funny, but okay. I can't say on the podcast. <laughs> but I also, I spent a bit of time, um, I spent a few years, so it was obviously like a big knock to my confidence. I was working in nightclubs, which can be violent places at times as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And quite scary. So I spent quite a few years kind of researching and almost pulling, like going to train at like boxing gyms and, and Muay Thai gyms. Yeah. And it was effectively the... I've just run upstairs, so I'm out of breath. <laughs> yeah. The trigger point for me, like, learning martial arts. Yeah, Which yeah, is quite yeah. interesting. If you think about the path that I've I've ended up on. Um, yeah. And now now it's like, it's like mixed martial arts and jujitsu are like huge, huge parts of my life that I often wonder how I would have dealt with life up until this point because they've, they've given me a lot of really good coping mechanisms for stress and stuff, I think. Yeah, yeah. Um, so you're like... Yes, that was like horrible, and um, I wouldn't wish it upon anyone. But because it happened, yeah, that, yeah, and it, I mean, Set I guess down that path. yeah, which is which is very very fortuitous because some things like that can can often do the opposite and just kind of lead you down a bit of a bit of a, a sad road, you know, depression and, and all sorts. So. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, strange times, but something something good came out of it. And yeah, I I I remember you saying like, do you want to? Do you want to go home? It's okay if you want to go home. Yeah. I'm thinking like that was really nice of you. Oh, thanks. Um, <laughs> so yeah, but no, I was fine. I, 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 I kind of, I kind of wanted to. We work. had a heart. We had a heart. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, so like, I mean, we've we've talked about your project, but not really like outlined what it is. So for the for the listeners and the viewers. For the listeners, so, um, so in two thousand and five, I'd just started working at an events company mm-hmm. called Ten Feet Tall. Yeah whose on office who, is on the other side yeah, of this wall. Yeah, yeah, on the studio. Who, who put on most of these gigs. Yeah. Um, spooky, but that's where you, this is where you do your podcast from. It's yeah, a podcast, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's audio. It's, 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 yeah. it's, you're a YouTuber, <laughs> it's, it's, if my kid asks. Um, so, um, yeah, in 2005, um, they, they, did a, they did a rock night. And it was decided to be called Sumo, and it ran for 14, 15 years. Um, it, it kind of still exists, kind of. It goes a bit weird at the end, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, as stories do. Um, well, especially considering the current climate. And oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Not being yeah. Able to open, oh, yeah, so. exactly. Um, so, and, and like we mentioned earlier, if it was every Friday, 52 weeks a year, yeah, for yeah. 14, 15 years, that's a lot of hours of, of, of things going on yeah yeah, yeah. Um, so I just thought it would be interesting to, to write it all down yeah so I don't know how to write a book 
Um, I don't. Th- I don't think anyone does. No, I think it's alright. Uh, no, I, but I don't know. I worry. Like you, you can probably go and do a degree in how to write a book. Mm-hmm. Or, yeah, but yeah. <laughs> like you know, like the structure and there's got to be a. There's probably, even if I googled it, I, I guess within sixty seconds I could tell you the golden rules of writing a book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But and I've never done that. Yeah. <laughs> Which is I, weird, considering I've started writing a book. But I'd, I'd read. I guess the, w- the way I got to it was, and this might have happened with you. Okay. I, it probably did, but maybe, it, I don't know, maybe it did. I discovered that there's kind of like a, a DIY way to, to, to write a book. Yeah. And there's like, there's like a punk rock world of, of books, which are ironically mostly about punk rock. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. Um, I know we talked about Henry Rollins, like yeah. getting the band, Black Coffee Blues. Yeah. Um, and when I read... I picked up Black Coffee Blues just because I was a mosher and it was the Henry Rollins book. Yeah, and it was yeah, yeah. cheap in a bookshop. And some of the chapters are like a page long. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, I read it incredibly quickly. I read that in one sitting. It yeah. was a really enjoyable thing to read. I can't, I don't read books. I'm All not right. really a book person, despite doing a podcast about books <laughs> with my friend Rick. Um, I don't, I haven't read like a huge amount of books. Yeah. Um, but the books I have read and really enjoyed are like, um, the Hepatitis Bathtub by No FX, which yep. is on the table there. Thanks, Phil. Please um, give me a copy of that. And then uh, I discovered a, like an appetite for these books, which you know the chapters are really short. They are just little stories, and mm-hmm. you can kind of just like eat them up really quickly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I thought, well, maybe I could write a book about sumo. Yeah. And just have it like that, because some of the stories, like like in Vagabonds. It's still like a funny story to tell or a worthy thing to put down or... But it, yeah, but it might only be what, yeah. one page or it might be ten. Yeah. I think I, I think if we... Good stories, like, get out, of, like, whether you like it or not. Yeah. If it wasn't you writing a book about it, somebody down the line might might write, like, make a documentary about it. Someone might do that based on your book. I think, I think good stories get out there somehow anyway, yeah. so... If 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 you're the the kind of vessel for that, I think I think it's alright because I, I I wouldn't worry about it too much because like I said, the the story is good. Your main character, which is Sumo, really, yeah, um, is is super interesting. Like I said, and effective to a lot of people. And what what again with with Vagabonds, the the luxury is that you don't have to think of a a start, a beginning, and an end. Like you say, I, I understand the ending might kind of tail off, and there might be a little bit of kind of curation on your part to figure out how you do do the end mm-hmm. um and where you might call it the end you know because I, I i won't get into it for people that don't know but there's you know, you know do you call the 10 feet tall end the end or like do you call covid the end there's a couple of yeah, creative yeah. options well, it's which like, is um, up to you like supersonic well, the yeah. guy that made supersonic said he does like the big gig at nebworth yeah, yeah and it's like yeah and oasis were class and oasis were absolutely massive and there's a shot from the helicopter and, and yeah and then he just kind of wraps it there because you can you can get you can yeah you can yeah. get lost um so i think it you know you've got a starting point and you, you've got an end point like i said i think where your task is is toughest which i i found quite hard and i just had to chip away at was like the order and like i kind of putting these stories yeah. down and going hang on when did that happen i was like trawling through race facebook for like but it was like, Man. what are you doing? And I was like, I'm trying to find gig posters. To I was out. on Haxed for days <laughs> yeah, and yeah, nights. Yeah. And, and like, massive thank you to the people of Haxed for not just pressing the delete button. Mm. And they've archived everything. So, right. you know, like, you can... I've got the I've got set lists. Yeah, I got yeah. the set list from the first ever Sumo, which I think the poster. Is up There's there. There's the poster yeah, up there, yeah. yeah. So, 20... Was it 12th of August? 12th of August, 2005. Right. So, I've got the set list. And, um, you know, it was crazy going back and, like, reading my own posts. Yeah. Hey, guys, uh, so it's week six, and we've got this band from London, and they're called Johnny Panic, and you should check them out. Yeah, yeah, And, like, no one comments. Is that Rob Solly's band? Yeah, it's Rob's yeah. band, yeah. 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 Um, you know, just typical, fond my mate. <laughs> Can you come and play yeah, at my yeah, club yeah. night? Yeah, yeah. Um, which is kind of how a lot of it went. So, yeah, I figured it would be good stories, um, maybe just pure self-indulgence is a little bit of it. Sorry. Because I thought... Once I'd had the idea, like, oh, I could, like, write a book and put them all down, like, Henry Rollins style, like, bath, no effects bathtub style. Oh, well, I'll have to do it now. <laughs> Otherwise, I'll be 80. I'm suddenly going, oh, I wish I'd done that book. Do you know what? I, I so, wish, like, that, I, just that thing of, like, when something pops in your head where you're like, 
I wonder if I should. I'm like, where did that come from? Like, can yeah, I just... it's horrible, isn't it? Mm -hmm. And what I did was, I thought, I'm going to text Rick and ask him to come and, on the podcast and talk about it. And I'll message the guy who just point blank. So point yeah, blank like zine. Yeah, did yeah. A little video. I thought, if I put it out there and I'll do a little website and I'll set up a Twitter account, and I thought, I'll just put it out there and then I'll have to do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like a little bit like, but well, we used to do it with events. We'd be like, the sumo beach party is coming and then we'd sit in the office on Monday morning and go so what, what happens at a beach party <laughs> then Rick um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, get some some inflatable pirates yep inflatable pirates in Google you know, I, I used to tell people like <laughs> it was such an interesting experiment and uh, I wasn't uh, a very hard worker when I worked at 10 feet tall I think for, to start with And but what was like sometimes people would be like what do you do? And I'd be like, I wake up on a Monday, <laughs> I decide what's going to happen at club night on that Friday. Yeah. And then I've got, I've got one week to figure it out. Yeah. But what's interesting, it forces you to get it done. Yeah. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? I, uh, yeah. You, yeah. You'd be like, oh, what's, what's happening Friday, Rick? 20, and yeah. you'd end up after that chat of what, what we're doing this Friday, what's on? And you, cause you'd have, usually you'd have something advertised. And you'd just be like, you know, like a list for Nathan, da, 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 da. You'd be like, well, I fucking need to check everything off this list. Yeah. Because otherwise, it's not going to happen. It, you know, <laughs> you need to open these doors and let people in this club night. We were sometimes more organised than that. Yeah. You'd kind of like say, well, oh, there's a good date. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah. like, it, it was an interesting experiment. Yeah. So, um, so I've made a timeline. Yeah. And I've kind of, through using hacks, MySpace, MySpace is still there. Like, mm -hmm. what, I mean... What on earth is going on? Have you been? Have you tried to look at a MySpace? Yeah, yeah. And it's all. I, it's I don't, bizarre, isn't it? Yeah. I don't know what to try to do. Anyway, uh, and obviously, good old Facebook. Um, I kind of got this. This list of literally like, what is it? Twelfth of twelfth of August, Friday, twelfth of August, two thousand and five. And I've listed every single one there, and kind of what happened that night. Oh. I don't mean like what happened, like in great yeah, detail, yeah, yeah, but yeah. like, yeah, that was. Frank Turner played yeah. for want of a better example uh, and then there was a beach party and then there was a Halloween party and, and then from there I'm like oh god yeah then that happened oh yeah when mm. that band played that happened and it's just led to this bonkers document of and I remember we had as a random example Nick I don't know how you pronounce it Nick Oliveri yeah, yeah. from Queen's of Stone Age did a solo thing yeah so we were like we got an email, I imagine, from an agent saying, do you want to book Nick Oliveri for your rock club? Yes, please. Yeah, brilliant. He's in Queens of the Stone Age. Like, yeah, yeah. We didn't know he was going to play two and a half hours of awful <laughs> songs that no one knew. <laughs> but let's get him in because he looks great on the post with his goatee. And yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the guy from Queens of the Stone Age. So, so we booked him in. And I remember that Natalie Boxall from BBC Tees came down and interviewed him. All right. And I think he was a bit of a dick. And hang on a minute, Google, like, that'll be there. Ah, and then yeah, you go yeah, BBC, yeah. you know, search BBC yeah. Tees. Nicola Very, 2006, and it's kind of there. Mm. And and the gigs, we didn't do like a gig every week, but thank God we did the bands because it's I've been able to map. Yeah. Like, because I have no idea when Sumo Durham started or finished. Yeah. And that was a big problem because we deleted all the social media after it. Yeah, or changed it to someone else's. Yeah. Or, and you yeah, know, yeah. We were in Durham for a year. We had a bloody good go. And now it's like disappeared. It's like it's like gone. It's ghosted yeah, from the world. Yeah, yeah. But there's bloggers who have written reviews, and I'm like, oh yeah, the Rumble okay. strips played, and yeah, yeah, yeah. like the Pigeon Detectives, and you know, there's a review from some kid who went to see Kubitschek at Sumo Durham, and I'm like, oh, <laughs> okay. So yeah, and it's just kind of really helped piece together the timeline. So I've lost my point. What was I talking about? Don't know. It's all right. So yeah, there's there's a timeline. Yes, that's what I was gonna say. So when I started. I decided, wouldn't it be mad to just mix all the stories up? So, like, it'd be like, you'd open the first page, yeah. and it would be like, 13th of November, 2011. Da, da, da. And then it would jump back to 2006, and it would just be these, like, little time capsules. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I was determined to, I think, if we go in order, see, I say we now, because you're obviously part of the committee. Um, if it goes in order, then it's almost like a novel. Yeah. And then it, it's not going to be good because I don't know how to write a novel. But no, I don't worry about that. Is it going to be too... I, I, no, I think I've, got to go, I've got to go in order. If it's in, yeah, it helps if it's in chronological order because, like I say, it really helps you kind of like start it and, and end it and, and yeah. cap it. Um, 
and everything that happens in between it's just what happens in between and i yeah. think that I, I think it works because if you think about what will end up being your middle you were in the thick of it you know what i mean it's yeah. like right in there and that's where kind of like the meat of your, your stories will be i think i think it'd be fine yeah. how, are you, how are you finding writing it um like i really when i actually force myself to sit down and do it like yeah. I, I really enjoy it um but, I, I, people who know me know i talk so much i find it hard to edit myself in yeah. real life just talking yeah um so i'm just writing yeah that's that's like the best thing it's going yeah, yeah, and i think well i can just cut it down i can just cut it down yeah yeah, yeah. Um, just get it all on the paper and then and i'm i'm going and as i'm looking up at the screen you know the little red squiggly line yeah i can see there's typos yeah. Yeah, that's yeah, another yeah. thing i've learned if you go back and go oh yeah like how do you spell necessary <laughs> yeah you just you just got to go you've just got to literally like yeah. puke it onto the page yeah, yeah. Uh, i don't know if that's how you found it yeah. and then and then go back and put it in grammarly or whatever yeah. it was but, um I, like, again i picked picked johnny's brains he his saying with with writing is get it written and then get it right all right yeah, he was nice. like just get it on, <laughs> just get it all down on paper yeah. um so i was like right i'll do that and then look but again like i think you just learn that along the way where like typos so i was like uh no nah, i'll just leave it and you know i'll I have to edit this book at some point, so I will change. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah, I, yeah. I will change that. So, well, um, and what what what's been weird is writing the past two years because it's the freshest in my memory, mm. and because some of it was happening very very recently. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've just kind of got all that down, and like it, I feel like I've written the last quarter of the book. Yeah, yeah. And I'm yeah, like, yeah. I'm really happy with it, and I'm a bit. I'm like. Oh, I've still got like the seventy-five percent of a book yeah. that needs reading, re- reading, writing now. Yeah, um, but, but that's fine. And I've just kind of, I'll be like, right, let's do the swimming pool story. So we're going to put a swimming pool on the pavement outside the corner house. Yeah, yeah. And let's let's write that story in that day, and that's great. And then just <laughs> just throw them all in, and that's where that kind of idea of just oh fucking hell, yeah, sorry, I just like <laughs> stuff's just flashing back of. I was were you that? Were you working that night? Were you? No. Were you in? Were you? We we were gonna recreate it, and then um, what's it called? Jenny Westwood. Jenny Westwood pulled the plug on it like a year later or something, because um, of health and safety. But also, I was just I, I was trying to think about like I was like why is water in a nightclub like in my head, and then I remembered that we filled a coffin full of water for bobbing apples. And yeah. Just just trying to get that from behind the the DJ box in the Empire to the stage <laughs> was like a comedy sketch in itself. You know, like four of us carrying a coffin, which is quite funny anyway, yeah. on a Halloween night, but then trying not to like bump into people and literally throw <laughs> a coffin full of water all over the dance floor. And what's funny about that coffin is, because it, it was a prop, it was like a theatre prop yeah. that we borrowed from Middlesbrough Town Hall. Sorry, <laughs> Lisa that Bean. For a long time. Uh, for a long time. But because it, it was made as a theatre prop, I don't know if you remember, when you opened the coffin, all the fucking screws were just sticking out yeah, like jaggedy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So you're there and you're kind of like, people are just trying to climb in it. It's like, no, 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 it's like an Iron Maiden. Don't crawl in that. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, you'll yeah. bleed and yeah, die. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, um, yeah, and as I've, yeah, it's funny because as we talk and you sort of mention things like that, it triggers so many more. Yeah. And that's why I'm thinking, I'll, I'll go get coffee with Martin because he'll be like, remember this, 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 this. do you remember this? Of course, I'll but remember it. Yeah, yeah, but like, I, I guess, and it'll trigger, it'll trigger more and more and more. He'll be a really useful asset for those early years. Like, like yeah. I say, he was, he was there before me. Yeah. Um, and then I've got a chunk of, of time. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, uh, there's, there's little blackout periods as well where I would get shipped off to, um, Sunderland. Yeah, yeah. For two years, right? Phil, Kim, Danny, we'll go. And we'll go speaking of amazing characters you know kim like yeah, yeah, yeah you know you've got to kind of tell the story of kim and how she is and stuff and yeah. then so yeah she'll be another one getting the book i've been like are you cool with this mate? yeah 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 um so me kim and danny are off in Sun- sunderland for two years uh and then what you know what's happening in yeah. the empire yeah, yeah corn yeah. house empire the, the empire yeah yeah um so well, I'll tell you and, yeah nixon was well steve jones was fire breathing with ice and sugar and setting Danny Bell's <laughs> hair on fire. I, I was there that night. Yeah, yeah, yeah I remember That's that. That's another yeah. one you see. Yeah. I've got a list. There's, there's chapters. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's chapters that are written, and then there's just chapters which are just like the title. And yeah. I know I've got it. That's the best way. Yeah. yeah. yeah and yeah, you'd yeah. have been like that yeah. with Vagabonds. You'll have been mm-hmm. like, right, well, 
I know I'll tell the yeah, child the like hospital story. Mark spitting on car story. Sorry, shouldn't say his name. Yeah. But, uh, nobody knows. But it was just that, just like a title on a blank piece of paper for a long time. And just you'll just think, yeah, I'll come back to that. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Just like, where, yeah, I literally just had like lines of chat in the hospital, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. And then, yeah, just fill in the blanks. And the other thing I've got is my big, uh, one thing which I, I may need your help with is as I've done 2005 to 2020, there's, there's two years, which if you imagine my spreadsheet, there's all this madness. And there's just this big blank, 2008, 2009. Now, all right, yeah. And all I've got there is like, so 2010, we got the empire because the corner house is fucked. It's falling apart. They're not ordering stock. The power's cutting out. It was literally a sinking ship. Like we we had to move. Yeah. Um, So, but what I remember about 2009 is there was like 200 people rallying around the corner house. It was on its ass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like, yeah, it, it, whether it was the venue or loads of reasons. Yeah. But the 1,200 people that were going to Sumo were now 200 people and it's looking like we're going to have to cancel this thing. Mm-hmm. And moving to the Empire took the numbers way back up again. Yeah. But I remember, so I know that 2010 was moving to the Empire, 2009 was, it's, that, that, oh shit, yeah, it's yeah, fucked. Yeah. But 2008 was like, there was like this crazy glory year yeah. where the queue was right up Albert Road. It was the only place. Saturdays didn't exist. Yeah. There was no play. There was no Metropolis. Um, so everybody just went to this Friday. Indie, yeah. rock, pop, whatever you liked. You just kind of went there. And um, yeah. it's just like this mad blind spot because I don't know, was I in Durham or was I in Darlow? Or was it just, did we just roll in a, a period where we'll just open on Friday? Yeah, maybe, I don't know yeah. why there's no... There's nothing to like grab onto. All right, okay. I can't find a gig. I can't find a. I think right at that point, I'll have been. I was back and forth from uni, so I was flyering bits. Yeah. And so I'd have been around, but I definitely won't have been sober. What year did you start? Like, when you when when did you become Mister Sumo? Um, it was after I graduated. Which, again, how old am I? <laughs> I don't know. So it was ten years ago. Um. I'm 32. What year is it now? 2010. Probably 2010. I yeah. started back end of 2010. I'd come back from uni and started like doing about 20 hours a week. So did you come in as Empire Sumo? It was the last six months of, well, the last few months of Corner House and us trying to, uh, you know, being like, what are we going to do about this? Yeah. And then launching in the Empire was, was when R- I started. Running to Tesco to buy vodka because the venue didn't have any. Yeah. It's just like, yeah, sorry, yeah, yeah. Sainsbury's. Running to Sainsbury's. But I was... Yeah. I was involved, kind of, but again, from probably from a, a bit of a lesser perspective, more of a like, I'm going here and getting pissed, and I might have like done wristbands for a bit, and yeah. you know, kind of like those those mad little like doing guest lists, those mad little jobs that you find yourself yeah. doing to earn twenty quid, which is great by the way, because like yeah, it it was a really nice way to kind of fund fund my lifestyle at the time. So. Yeah, smoking in clubs, that was that crazy. All these it? little things that I found, I, I found like a, a kid who had ranted on the internet. Because we were charging 50p for a wristband. Yeah, yeah. And they're like, I have to smoke outside now, so I'm already angry. And they're going to sell me a wristband to do so for 50p. And they say they're giving the 50p to charity. And I bet they're fucking not. And they weren't. You know, <laughs> it wasn't us. It wasn't me or him. It was the corner house. Right. All those 50ps went in the safe. I don't know. They might have gone to charity. Yeah. Yeah. And oh, poor Danny sat there, you know, so you've got to have a wristband and you need to give me 50p. Oh, well, well, fucking hell. Yeah. It was Nicholas, was it, wasn't it? Oh, it was, yeah, it was Nick and Kim. Yeah, and Kim. Just Kim getting it in. Yeah. Getting it. No wonder she's so angry. I, I never, th- I mean, that shift of like, for me was the, the corner house never smelled the best because everyone was in there spilling beer on the floor and, and smoking. Yeah. And like, we used to, a song would come on that we did, it, not smoking indoors shifted the entire landscape of nightclubs because what used to happen was you'd have a room with 500 people in it in one part of the corner house out of 1200 altogether so you'd have yeah, 500 yeah. people in this one room going mental you'd play a dud half of the people would just like move over slightly we just we used to walk three feet and then and have a cigarette in the corner yeah, yeah while yeah, the song yeah. played that we didn't like so the club constantly had an atmosphere of full people yeah yeah now all of a sudden you open the doors and sometimes they let a bit of the cold air in and obviously i'm not an advocate for people smoking inside <laughs> but it, it really we yeah. had to really think on our feet and it really shifted 
like how we how we ran things and our DJs had to be a lot better and yeah yeah it cha- it just changed shut up and play the hits yeah yeah, yeah it, ch- it changed yeah, everything because uh, yeah it was very strange but I remember that and then I remember obviously people going outside I remember actually being the the day after the smoking ban came in so the night before we all went to the pub and smoked cigars because we were like let's go out with the last hurrah <laughs> See, I've never smoked so I missed all this yeah like, that was, must have I been mean, the thing it was, yeah it was tragic <laughs> and then the <laughs> The next day, I went for a pint in the Swan in Billingham, and there was an old bloke sat in the corner with the pool tables. I don't know why I was in the Swan because I didn't like it then. Um, and uh, and she sat smoking. And he was like, "No one's going to stop me." Yeah. He was like, "Good luck, good luck getting yeah. me to stop smoking." Like the day. guy in Tesco without a mask. Yeah. <laughs> you, you can't. You can't control me. <laughs> yeah. Exactly that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man. Um, but yeah, it was it was definitely yeah definitely a shift. Um, and the smell. You mentioned the smell. Like, oh, so, so yeah, so when people stopped smoking in nightclubs, you could just yeah. smell the beer and the stick. Yeah, and, and farts. Like, oh my god! Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the, the smoke did a lot. Yeah, cause I think is it something to do with like the cigarette smoke and the nicotine? It actually does something to like. I don't know. I'll Google it. Right. Oh, um, yeah, well, yeah. But I'm sure there's a thing where like basically it like blocks. Oh yeah, it, it, yeah. It, it, it blocks out the smell. Sorts, yeah. Like I remember, um, like Kevin Craig used to DJ with these big cases of CDs. Yeah. And they said, like, they used to, like, open the lid of their CDs. They'd come in, but half an hour before doors, and they'd open the lid of the CDs, and the smell of, like, still cigarettes would hit you. Yeah. Um, and then a few weeks after the smoking ban, they were literally, like, smell this. And they would open the CD box, and it'd be, like, like eggy. And it's like, fuck. Because it just soaked up the air of... Yeah, the cool. Air. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. Hi. We'll, uh, have to, we'll have to wrap this up. I'm out of time. It's me, Gabin. No problem. Um, Go tell everyone where they can find your blog. Yeah, so um, the book's called This Club Could Be Your Life. Cool, I like Which it. is a homage to the... This band could be your life. This band could be your life, which Great is like a story of like yeah. um, 80s hardcore and stuff. So yeah, this club could be your life. Co.uk. Cool. And um, yeah, I'll, I'll try and keep that updated with how it's going. When and how, do, uh, do you have an idea of when you might put it out? I was absolutely determined to have it done and out by Christmas. Okay. Like, just self-release it, Vagabond style. Yeah. Um, but as I've got into it, one, it's way too long. It's 15 years. Yeah. And there's too much it's too much good stuff. So I'm not going to rush it. Yeah. Just and two, I just think, let's just let's just make sure I've... And I, need, I want to turn over loads of stones. Yeah. Speak to lots of people. You get it right. Make sure I don't miss any more Sheilas. <laughs> <laughs> But thanks for having me on. That's all right. Always a pleasure. Yeah. I look for we'll, once when it's written, we'll I'll read it and then we'll come on. And then I can ask you loads of questions about it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> nice cool. one. Right, thanks a lot. Cool songs, everybody.